We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. I'm one of the teammates. My name is Daryl. They call me Easy D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing the other teammates momentarily. But you, the listening audience, who is also part of the team, I'm going to ask that you take an opportunity to go with me in a word of prayer so that we can filter this broadcast and dedicate it to the one who is the most important, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father God, we just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity just to have breath in our bodies. We don't want to take that for granted, number one, Father God. And while we have this breath in our bodies, we take this time, we want to dedicate this time to you, that we come in this format of a question and answer format to be able to dive into what you have said about the various subject matters that will come up today through the questions of the listening audience. I just ask and pray that everybody might be in an attitude of prayer, an attitude of purpose to be able to accomplish what you would have us to do tonight. And what is that? Well, to answer questions as they come in. So, Father God, touch the listening audience. Give them the impetus to search their hearts, check with you to see what questions they might want to ask today to get answered. There may be something that's going on in life. Obviously, there's a lot of things that's going on in the world that is that's so, so horrific and so many things that are going on, Father God, that is on the other spectrum so wonderful and gracious that that, that dichotomy alone can just drive people um, of a, just a human nature batty, if I can use that expression. So, Father God, help us to understand that you are in control. You are allowing things to go on. Father God, you are definitely a sovereign God who, for your purposes, Father God, allow the things that go on, go on. We know that we're dealing with the sinful creature, man, that we all are. And that's why we come and do this broadcast and dedicate to you to let people know about that even though we may be sinners, we have a saving grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk so much about that tonight, and we count that a privilege to do so. So, Father God, I just ask that you work with the technology, help us to separate our minds from the, the vicissitudes of life that may be troubling us even now as we are coming in this time slot. So, Father God, clear our minds, clear our hearts, let us, let us be honoring and glorifying to you this word that we do, this, this word through question and answer format. Help us to be that clear of minds, Father God, too dedicated to you. Also, Father God, in that dedication and honoring you, we also will be edified if we just stay focused, Father God, and just say what thus saith the Lord on every question that comes on. So in that spirit, Father God, we come to you. And in Jesus' name, we can do that boldly because you gave us permission to do so. And we thank you and praise you for it. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, what I'm going to do is give you uh, information on how you can contact us. You can call right now one of the teammates, Eric. We have Gabriel in there taking care of all the engineering stuff. But Eric is ready to receive your phone call at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Please take an opportunity to call him now. Take an opportunity to get on in the earlier part of the broadcast so that as we get into these questions that you won't get cut out. 888-995-5552 is a number to talk to Eric, and he'll set you up on the call live so that you can ask your questions, and we attempt to give you a biblical response. Everything else that we have for you to be able to communicate with us tonight is by way of Bible Info Brokers. That is the format, that is the address, actually, of all the various platforms that we have, be it on the email.com website, be it on Twitter, on Messenger on Facebook as well. Everything is Bible Info Brokers. And if you happen to be on Facebook and listening, looking at us on a live video stream or you're hearing us on Facebook, please take an opportunity uh, to know that you can send a message in by way of Facebook. Just simply type in your message there, type in the question, 
Don't forget to check in if you would be so kind. And don't forget for sure to share the broadcast with those that may be in your contact. Simply hit that share button, that little arrow that goes to the right. Hit that share button and many, many people around the world will be able to know that you are listening in to Bible Information Brokers. And you, they may be able to join us live or that's not that by archive show uh, in the future. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to introduce the other team. I already talked about Gabe. I already talked about Eric. And I'm introducing my other two buddies. Uh, that's Brian Allen in the studio with me. How you doing, B? Doing well, Daryl. Is your Facebook page up? Uh, no, I haven't brought it up yet oh. because of the uh, you know the little technicality. We I don't have, have it up. That. It's not it's not up. So okay. Well, if tell those Eric and them they, they we'll, we'll check on there. that. Yep. Uh, you know what? I don't see the light, so I, I don't see the light right there that I'm pointing at. So the light may not be on, but people may be able to hear. I guess by audio if they have their Facebook on. I'm not sure how that works, but if you hear us by audio or if it's not on out there, please give us a call at triple eight nine nine five 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 two and uh, let Eric know that no, the Facebook is down and we need to work on that technology right there. Um, again, everything else. Uh, you can call them at triple eight nine nine five 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 two triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Our other teammate that's hanging out way way back from his break, Professor Craig Hawkins. PCH, how you doing, brother? Carol, it's great to join you and Brian telephonically. I am privileged to be Thank here. You, man, you know what, man? Why do you do that every week? <laughs> See, just because old man forget to say it in the beginning, I'm going to have to get your timing hey. down. I understand. What Craig, I, want, I, I want Daryl to spell <laughs> telephonically. Oh, I got that down, man. I'll type that out. I can type it out, but I can't type anything right now. But no, that's Craig, I'm so glad that you are to be able to join us by telephone, a.k.a. telephonically, as we say. And we're going to uh, see how many calls we can get today for people that's calling in. Again, we're checking the other technologies to see if we have that available. I see the light came on, Brian, so it may be the Facebook may be on. And, uh, folks, if you're out there listening to us, we apologize about the, the delay, but we're glad that you're joining us now. And feel free, like I said, to check in. Just do a little roll call, type your name in, send a little emoji. You can even like us, Craig. I think they can still do that on Facebook. They can like us, not just me, but us. Like I us. I know how important that is to you. <laughs> Need from friends, isn't it? Isn't it like is the liking and the friends the same thing, Brian? Is that what it is? <laughs> Likings and friends, is that the same thing? Daryl, stop well, it! I'm asking. I don't know. Just man. Stop it. Okay, man. You just stop don't it. Don't want to give the old man no no knowledge. Huh? Don't want me to take over. <laughs> anyway, so ladies and gentlemen on Facebook, go ahead and uh, type your name in there, and also don't forget to hit that share button, that little arrow going to the right, and let people know you're listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers, guys. I got a I got a question I like to start the show off with. Greg, are you okay with Brian starting off the show uh, non telephonically? Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Go for there it. There we are. We're up in it. Uh, yeah, Craig. Um, you know, in our Bible study this Wednesday, we were going over the comparisons on what the Mormons teach and what uh, the Bible teaches. You know, there was like eight or nine different topics. You know, and so. One of the questions was, um, you know, with all the differences and things like that, uh, one of the questions was, what would uh, what would be a couple really good topics when you talk to a Mormon? Yeah, I hope, uh, yeah when you talk to a Mormon, uh, that would be good to bring up. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk about you know, we have conversations and we ask questions and things like that. But there was a lot of, you know, when we went through the comparisons, there was a lot of, uh, a, a whole lot of differences, obviously. And so then the question came up, what would be a couple of the good, of of, of uh, the topics that would be really good to bring up to a Mormon? And I thought the royal priesthood would be one of them. But I said, you know what, let's, I'm going to, uh, bring it up on the on on Sunday night so uh, everyone can get a little educated. Well, since Brian, yeah, you know, there's a number of things to say, and we always want to customize and be relevant to the people we're talking to, right. to the people or person. We want to talk with them and see, and be sensitive to them, pray for wisdom from the Lord, how to share with them, and what would be an appropriate point or a commonality or a gospel bridge, as we say. And so, again, I always like to know why they got in, how they got in, are they, you know, is it their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, well, what's the case? 
and and why they continue to be involved. And I try to be sensitive, in spite of what it may sound. Now, some would say, well, in fact, you're disagreeing. You're not being very nice. And I would argue, (laughs) have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? If what we're saying is true, eternity is too long to be wrong, and it has to be said. Lovingly, hopefully winsomely, but it must be said. I was thinking of a a person I was talking to today about them sharing the gospel at the funeral, this memorial of 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 a dear friend, actually a sister-in-law, and just a lifelong dear friend, literally known this person, I think, for 58 years. So somebody had said to her that she'd hijacked the service because she gave the gospel to some non-believers, and she was kind of disturbed. I said, look, I, you know, I was there. I go, no, you did not do that. You did what was completely appropriate. And I said, your friend, and her name is Ginger, who passed on, will be proud of you. And God was proud of you. And says, look, they just don't want to hear the gospel. They want us to have a nice, touchy-feely, warm service and, and do goodism and feel good. But the reality is there is a Christless eternity awaiting some people one heartbeat away. And so we must speak the truth in love, but speak the truth. So with our Mormon friends, and there's a number of ways, and again, I always like to ask God for wisdom for the person I'm talking with, and then I try to talk with them and see where they're coming from. But uh, I will give you uh, at least one of my favorite approaches, because I believe it's so powerful, is that Mormonism basically teaches that the gospel was apostatized, it was lost, and then it was restored in the 1800s by Joseph Smith uh, in the revelations given to him, and then in the Book of Mormon and other Mormon uh, books of doctrine, such as Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl Great Price. And so they believe the priesthood's been restored, and they believe they have it, and so they'll often ask you, what's your authority? And of course, I'd say my authority is... I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, a la John 1.12. I'm part of the royal priesthood, uh, Revelation 1.6, and other key passages, 2 Peter 2.8, so on and so forth. But one of my favorite texts to share with them, and now they are attempting, they're getting this, and so I've actually seen now where they're attempting to answer this, and they have been, and I'm going to tell you how to still push it up more. So I'm going to give them a line of argumentation, and then... People say, well, 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 yeah, but this is, I'll tell you what they're going to say if, if they know their stuff, in quotes. Uh, they don't know it as well as they think they do, but they'll give you the party line, and then I'm going to tell you the next step. But we go to Hebrews 7, and we're, we're it's talking about Christ and having the Melchizedek priesthood, and it's talking about Christ having this permanent priesthood, and let me just say it, then read this text. He has a permanent an untransferable, an inviolate priesthood, because he never dies, because he rose from the dead and he's never to die. So that's why he has it. The argument is, from the context of Hebrews, but particularly 7, that the high priests have to keep being replaced, because eventually they grow old and they die. But Christ, since he never dies, he ever lived, there is no successor. There is no one coming after him, if you will. Verse 16, Craig. Yes. The the, indestru- we, the indestructible life. Well, exactly. So we go to Hebrews 7 and 15 and 16, and what we have said is even more clear. It's another priest like Melchizedek. So Hamoyas is the Greek word there. By the way, he's not Melchizedek. Melchizedek is not Jesus, because I'm not like myself. I am myself. Homoousia would be the word used there, but it is Hamoyas, uh, a, a likeness. He is like him. But he became a priest not on the basis of a regulation, that is because they were a descendant of Aaron, they were Levites, as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of uh, akatalutas in Greek, akatalutas, an indestructible life. Uh, for those note-takers, and you can always go back and listen to this again when it's posted up, akatalutas, indestructible life, is a k a t a l u. T-O-S. One more time, A-K-A-T-A-L-U-T-O-S, Akatalutas. You are forever in the order of Melchizedek. So it's quoting there from example Psalm 110.4. And then, so we see that Christ has it. Why? Because he, he doesn't die. And then if we weren't certain, and we should be, now, verse 23 and 24, but now... 
There have been many of those priests, that is high priests, since death prevented them from continuing in the office. But because Jesus lives forever. Yes, if you're indestructible, it means you live forever. If you live forever, you're indestructible and vice versa. He has a permanent aparabatas now. He has a permanent priesthood. It's variously translated inviolate, untransferable. Uh, exactly. For note takers, A P A R A B A T O S. So A P A R A B a T O S. So again, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to him through him because he once again always lives to intercede for them. And so, so why does Christ alone have the Melchizedek priesthood? So the, the Mormons will claim they have the Melchizedek priesthood; it was given to them. This says, "No, you don't." With all due respect, you do not have it. He alone has it. And then this is how they're answering it. They're saying, well, okay, he has it, but so do we. And it's like, you're missing the point. If I use, it's like the words, you know, Brian and Daryl, monogamous, the one, the only begotten, the one of a kind. You don't say, well, he's the only one of a kind, but there's another like him. That's nonsensical. If you're the only one, one of a kind, or sui generis in Latin, there is no other like you. And so because Jesus alone has the power of an indestructible life, he alone is uniquely the uh, priest, the high priest, the great high priest, uh, that has the Melchizedek priesthood. No one else has it. And you just have to not lovingly but firmly make the point with the Mormon. If they say, well, he has it, and so do we. No, that's the point. And I just say, oh, are you telling me you're never going to die? You have the power of resurrection and life yourself? Uh, no, you don't. And you know that. I know that. You know that. Neither do I. Christ alone does. Do you have an inviolate priesthood? No, but he does. And since it's inviolate, it, it's not transferable. It can't be given to another. Translation, one more time, with all due respect, they don't have it. Christ alone has it. He's the only one who can have the Melchizedek priesthood because he's indestructible, because he lives forever. It is permanent. It is aparabatas. It is untransferable. No one else has it. This goes to the heart of Mormonism, where they claim the gospel was lost, and, and it's been restored through Joseph Smith and now them, and that they have the, the Melchizedek priesthood. With all due respect, no, you don't. Hmm. Thank you so much, Professor. Appreciate that. And that's one of my main lines of argumentation because it's just so solid. It's like you can all you can do is try to redefine <laughs> inviolate or whatever. It's like no, that means he alone has it. You can't go well. He has it. Yeah, yeah, he has it. But so do we. No, you're missing the point. Hmm. Again, I say that's the only one. It's a one of a kind. What if I had a piece of artwork? I say it's the only one. It's the only one of its kind. And then I go, but I've got another one just like it. You go, what? No, if it's the only one, one of a kind. Exactly. It's just that it's, it's the only one. It, it's a contradiction in itself by saying that. Yes. yes. Well, here's what another contradiction. Eric is ready to receive phone calls. Um, Joy and Stephanie, we're going to get to you momentarily. Um, but let me give that number out again, 888 Call Eric. He does have some open lines now. He'll set you up. 888 Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Facebook is up. Uh, I see that we're moving on that. Brian, that's, that's on live right there. Facebook is. And yeah, also, we're up online. Okay, we're so online. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, emailing us on a .com website. You can send a question that way. Or even tweet a messenger. So everything else is Bible Info Brokers. But call Eric right now. Get him busy. Let him get these phone calls set up at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Let's go to Glendale, guys, and talk with Stephanie first up. Um, Stephanie, thanks for holding on. Oh, Stephanie, I don't want to hear that voice in the background. <laughs> Stephanie, can you Hello? turn that? Yeah, you have to turn on that radio for us. There's a little delay. And we definitely yeah. heard, uh, I think that was Brian or somebody talking in the background. Okay. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> You're loud and clear. We appreciate you turning that down. Uh, what's okay, your question I, for tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I already turned it off. Okay. Good. Is that okay now? Absolutely. Thank you, Stephanie. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, my question is on First Thessalonians chapter four, thirteen to eighteen about the rapture. 
Okay, today at church we talk about um, uh, at the uh, second coming of Christ, the uh, so rapture occurred before the actual coming of uh, second coming of Christ. So the dead, those people who were dead, they will be caught up first, and then uh, because. They were dead, so then of course they, you know, their their flesh was already corrupted and already gone. So then they would have a glorified body for those who were dead. My question is that for those of us um, still alive, and when that happens, what would the state of our body be? So if I'm understanding you correctly, you just want to know what are we going to be pre-rapture? Yeah, what are we going to be? Uh, will we be, our body will be changed uh, when we cut up the crime? Oh, okay, when we cut up, not pre-rapture. Okay, I got you, got you. Uh, Brian, PCH, what say you about the the body that we will have when we're caught up? Right. Well, it's the glorified resurrected body. that We're transformed. Metam- where we get our word to be metamorphosized, uh, hard to say that in English. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're changed, and we're changed to what? To, to our glorified body. So you look, for example, at First John, yeah. uh, chapter two, chapter three, verses one through four, chapter four, I believe as well. Sorry, one through four. Uh, Philippians three eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one, we will receive our glorified resurrected body. So we will be at that point changed into immortal. Uh, that's the transformation for those of all who are alive at the coming of Christ. Then we're going to be caught up. The word um, is used to be caught up. Rapture. I don't like to use the word rapture because that's actually Latin. That's not the word. Uh, but the, the word used there is to be caught up, and we'll be we'll meet Christ. And then we return, I would argue, with them. And, but either way, at that point, whether one holds to a, a, a dispensational premillennialism or a post-tribulation millennialism, or one is transformed, one is changed and receives a glorified and resurrected body. Okay. So that, um, that just at one instant, we will be transformed, our body will be transformed. Yeah, and the body, of an eye. the body yeah. that we have right now, when that happens, uh-huh. and it would be changed, in other words. Yes, and First Corinthians 15 would tell us as well, well, in the twinkling of an eye, literally that quickly, we will be transformed, for this mortal must put on immortality, and so on and so forth from the text. Uh-huh, yes. Okay, yes. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome, Stephanie. What a great question. It is an excellent question. I really appreciate that. Appreciate your call, Stephanie. Thank you very much. You know, I was just thinking about the glorified body of Christ, how he the various things he did while he was, um, you know, uh, res- well, I should say resurrected on earth. And I was make sure we got that clear understanding. The resurrected Christ is the glorified body of which we're going to be like. Is that not correct, Professor? Can you hear me correct? I'm quite yeah, I'm saying that the glorified body of which we're talking about is the resurrected body of Jesus Christ, where he was actually, it seemed like he's going through doors and, pardon me? Yeah, so yeah. Philippians 3, right. and again, John, First John, we will see him as he, as he is, because uh, we will be resurrected, and that's the only way you could uh, right. be able to survive that. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what Jesus was saying, uh, you know, when he was, uh, after he was resurrected, he said, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as I do. And he was saying, look, touch me. It is, you know, he made it a point. Touch me. It is I myself making sure that it was that, that, that they knew exactly who he was. And at that point, Jesus had his resurrected body. Indeed. The, the beauty of that is the, re- the resurrected body uh, will be identifiable. So and, you know, it doesn't make any difference that the, the, the decomposition of those that uh, preceded us or the, you know, the, um, what do you call it, the cremation or whatever. Uh, however, God is going to do it. How he's going to do it, don't know. But I know that his claims in the word that it is going to be done. So all those bodies that we have had or seen with some kind of way, they are going to be recognizable, uh, especially when you're dealing with your loved ones and he even said you know he said touch me you know it is again touch it is i myself saying it again for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as i do 
He had his resurrected body. And, and ate fish, man. I mean, you know, us from yeah. the down south, we love that fish. I know Craig loves uh, food. Uh, so, you know, there you go. It's Craig. So you're going to be okay, my brother. We will be meeting and greeting and eating. Won't we, Craig? Say we will be having heavenly food. <laughs> heavenly <Hopefully>. food. <laughs> which just... which I'm, I, I'm sure will include angel cake. Absolutely. Angel food cake. Although I, I think I don't know it. Devil's like food. Go ahead and say it. Devil's food cake. <laughs> no. De- well, yeah, Dan, devil's egg. <laughs> okay, well, let me do this. The number called Eric right now. He has some lines. Triple eight because Craig and I won't stop. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Call Eric right now. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, and what have you. Uh, Brian, I think you can respond to the people on on Facebook because you know we don't. I don't have the ability to do that because of this little situation. Right. But folks, you can call in. So let's do this. Let's go back to the phone calls. Let's go to Costa Mesa and talk with our good friend Joy. Joy, thanks for holding on and calling in. And thank you, thank you, always. I love you guys. So my question, real quick, is from Ezekiel. And, and Brian, if you get those archives up right away, I'd love to hear that answer about Mormonism. I meet a lot of Mormons, and I'm, you know. And I'll uh, I'll send I'll I'll send you the uh, our, our little uh, uh, handout that we had on the Bible study. I'll send it to you as well. It, it's a comparison between the Book of Mormons and the Bible, and what uh, the, the Mormons teach and what Christianity teaches. Does those so, publications have some stuff like e- that too? You're going to send it email. You're going to send it email. Yeah, I, I have your email, Joy. I believe so. It yeah, I, I hand it. I send it to. Every, yeah, I sent it to everyone who was on the in the Bible study that week. Yeah, last week. So I'll send it to you. That mine doesn't. Mine doesn't work anymore. But go ahead and do it anyway. Okay, thank you. It doesn't work so, anymore. Um, I, oh, I guess I have too many pictures on my phone, and I haven't gotten an email since December. Sorry. Okay. Haven't <laughs> had time to clear it. But anyway. You send it anyway. Okay, so my question is from Ezekiel chapter 28, verses, the last two verses, 25 to 26, is about the regathering of Israel. And I just want to know the time period, because none of my cross-references uh, refer to anything in Revelation or um, anywhere like that. And, and so it says, Thus says the Lord God, when I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, and shall manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations. Then they will live in their land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. And they will live in it securely, and they will build houses, plant vineyards, live securely, when I execute judgments upon all who scorn them round about them. Then they will know that I am the Lord their God. So we know that Israel is back in the land. He has gathered them, as this says, when the peoples, when I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered, and and we know that they've, you know, it's uh, they're like the Garden of Eden, you know, blossoming and fruits and vegetables and everything like that. So is this, um, can you tell me the time period, Professor, like uh, future? Or oh, there's be t- there's different view- yeah, different views on this. My understanding would be that this is at the end of time. This would be during the Millennial Kingdom. Okay. So Israel has been gathered several times back to the nation, right? I think of the Assyrian right. captivity and the Babylonian captivity. Uh, so Israel's been brought back to the land several times. But my understanding from the context is this, it would be uh, during the Millennial Kingdom where God himself vouches for uh, their security and protection. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that last sentence. I'm sorry. What? The, what was the last well, well, God is the guarantor of their safety. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When I gather the people of Israel from the nations where they had been scattered, now that in and of itself could be at least several times. The, there's been diasporas and then Israel's been regathered. But the context, I believe, is referring to the Millennial Kingdom. I will show myself holy among them in the sight of the nations. Then they will live in their own land, which I gave to my servant Jacob. They will live there in safety and will build houses and plant vineyards, and they will live in safety when I inflict punishment on all their neighbors who malign them. They will know that I am the Lord their God. So, yeah. So I believe even though they're living, even though they're living in the land now, um, I know they have enemies all around, but it's 
and they have planted vineyards and trees and things like that. It's still it okay, is. But they're not. They're not safe. They're actually in constant danger. Yeah. They're having constant bombing, stabbing, all kinds of stuff. That's true. And 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 let me just ask you how, yeah, among believers, how is God giving the credit for that? I mean, mm. uh, God's not giving the credit. I'm not trying to be mean to them, but many of them are claiming that they that yeah. they're doing that themselves. Yeah. They're protecting themselves. This has to be something so supernatural, so obvious that God intervened, that God alone can get the credit. Just like with us, not just our Jewish friends. We as humans tend to take credit for anything that we can do, even if God did it, we assume we did it, don't give him the credit. Mm -hmm. So the key aspect of this to me is that God gets the credit, God is glorified, and the nations see that it's the hand of God. Well, the nations around them hate them and think that God's not with them, and they they want them to be non-existent. They want, as they said, to push them in the sea. So, so how is that glorifying God and, and, and in, in the surrounding nations? That's clearly not, that's not happening right now. Oh, Indeed. perfect. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, I wasn't, wasn't quite sure about all that, so that's, that's a perfect answer. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joy, for your phone call as usual. God bless you. Appreciate you. God bless. Bye-bye, guys. Take care. You know, Craig, I'm just thinking about that. One of the things I was thinking about as I was driving up to the studio is a whole idea about uh, why should we, and here's where the cooperation of, of the believer obeying what God have us to do to pray for the safety and pray for the um, the blessings of on Israel because God chose those people. And so how do we not do that? We're, we're, we're instructed, I forget what the verse is, where it says for us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And it's not just... Uh, the the idea of that you know the, the the lack of war yes but all the all the war is going on now in uh, Russia and Ukraine but we should be praying for the peace and I would even say just the the, the prosperity and everything of Israel because God that's His chosen folks and that's what He said to do and uh, well that's a privilege right. to do so. But I'm going to give you a little bit different argument, mm-hmm. because there are those who hold to replacement theology or say, look, they were his elect, but they're not anymore because they've rejected the Mashiach, oh, they've rejected mm-hmm. Christ. So so I, I'll give you, give you an argument for those who hold to, to the theology that basically God's done with Israel as a nation. Yes, individual Jewish people might be saved, but there's going to be no national, no broad-based movement among our Jewish friends. God's done with them, and those promises have been generally transferred to, to believers, to, to, the church. to Christians. Yeah, the church. But here's the, so here's the thing. Yeah, you're right. So so my argument would be this, but they're, they're one of the few democracies in the world, and in that sense we have a lot in common. We have many interests uh, along with them, and, and besides that, they are human beings made in the image of God, and even if I didn't think they were the elect, I would still say they still deserve uh, to us to be united with them and help protect them, standing against countries who will be satisfied with nothing less than their oblivion, to obliviate them, such as Iran. I mean, how do we make deals with Iran when they're part of the world's largest sponsor of terrorism? What, what are we thinking? What is our government thinking, wanting to make deals with places like Venezuela, Russia, China, and, and in particular Iran, which, again, outdoes the Russians and the Chinese as far as just straight-out terrorism. They're the number one world sponsor of terrorism in the world, and we're going to make deals with them? Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you said it that way, Craig, because in the, in the reality of like saying praying for the priests of of, of Jerusalem but yet and still you mentioned uh, the, the idea of a democracy and in a sense that all the different nations of the world back in the, the days when Israel was going through it and uh, before they were still well, they were still God's chosen people before the Messiah was here they had all these nations that were that God used to rise up to uh, everything from putting them in exile to giving them victory over these nations and for us as uh, America Coming from that standpoint, just uh, geopolitically, I understand your argument. Why would you? Why would you want to uh, make any kind of deals with anybody? I, I I still have a huge problem with the idea that uh, in the system that we have economically, that we sent, if I'm not mistaken, billions of dollars of cash money. Now you know what cash money can do for a lot of people. You can circumvent a lot of stuff where as far as tracing and things like that. But you're going to send, like you just said, it was Iran that they send. Uh, billions of dollars to an airplane. And I'm trying to imagine mm-hmm. billions of cash 
dollars. I mean, I've seen the stuff on movies and seen it in, um, you know, the uh, police evidence we have millions of dollars stacked up. And that's that there that holds uh, a room and a half. But billions of dollars cash to that type of nation. And yeah. what should be our response as believers? Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but I would argue, I mean, it's it's to be wise concerning good, simple, concerning evil. In other words, experientially, we're not to know evil. I, I'm arguing, and I know the Christians disagree with me, our government is, is making, as has made, incredibly foolish decisions and basically empowering the, those who hate us, and not that America's perfect, not that we have it all together and nobody else does, but but comparing us to China, I mean, everybody thinks there's a comparison. Why don't you try going to China and see if that's mm. the case? Travel the world. Don't just talk to me about it. Go there and let's see if you can even espouse your views to them in public. But but my point would be is, you know, we're enabling our enemies. We're supplying them and or we're trusting in them to help us negotiate deals. This is like... How dumb can dumb be? I just don't understand Americans. But to me, it's a consequence of our sin, of a foolishness. Sin stupefies the people, and I think we're seeing that. We're making just—if I was just a, a, a flat-out pragmatist and wanted to do with what I thought was best for America and Americans, I wouldn't be doing the moves that I'm seeing done and the things that have been done geopolitically. They're just incredibly unwise even if I didn't believe in God, let alone because I do. And I, I, I don't, you know, if there's a guy who's going to mug me, I don't go, oh, here's a club, by the way. You want a better mm. club to hit me with? Let me give you this one. And someone will say it's a false analogy. I would argue it's not at all. You want to equip people with, as you said, Daryl, and uh, at one time billions of dollars and uh, an incredible amount of money that they use against us to sponsor terrorism, to attack Americans and other of our allies. Um, the lights are on, but nobody's home. Man, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to say this last thing uh, about this whole idea about the monies and how the monies are dealt with around the world. I just happen to be looking at the, the the World Bank and looking at the IMF and all those various associations. I'm going to be reading the agreements that they actually have back in, I think it was 1945, uh, on my doggone wedding anniversary, the 27th, 1945, when that money, uh, the World Bank got together and then look at all the nations that were uh, connected to it, uh, over almost 200 nations connected to that and all the other various connections to how the monies is played out throughout the world, which uh, we are, I know that personally, not totally ignorant of it, but a lot of us are just totally ignorant on how uh, the they, they use the expression of the um, the human capital. Uh, I was reading about Liberia because I'm very interested in Liberia by being down there looking at the human capital and how they uh, propose and uh, determine monies and how much money go here, how much money go there, and why. And you know, I mean, human capital sounds like it's a, you know, it's a bad thing, but it's not because it's predicated upon. Uh, when I say not a bad thing, it could be bad, but it's predicated upon what people can potentially make, even as how a lot of these nations are dealing with on the potential of the people and how they can make money by what the people can do in earnings. And it's the agreements that we have. And I saw all the countries that you just named, Craig, all connected and have a place on the board and stuff with this uh, World uh, um, World Bank and the IMF and things like that. So anyway, it's just... Um, I don't know. The, the, the lights are on, but I think our eyes are closed. Brian, I know your eyes are not closed to the financial aspect of this ministry, so can you please let them know, people know how they can participate, as I say? Yeah, they can, uh, they can participate a couple <laughs> ways. They can uh, go to the website, go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link that says Support and Donate, and they can give that way. It's very simple. If they want to mail in their donation, uh, they can make their uh, – their donation out to Living by the Word, spell it out, Living by the Word, P.O. Box 90477, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Again, that's Box 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. Now, if you want to um, participate in uh, in uh, Tot. Uh, the ministry the professor is involved with, uh, then you can just let us know how you want those funds designated. You can split it. You can uh, do percentage. It, it just, you know, it's however the Lord leads you to, uh, to give. You say uh, tot? What does that mean? Uh, that is, I haven't said it in a long time. Well, what does it mean, Brian? It means 
the training of teachers. That sounds good to me, Brian. Uh, correct? Is that correct? What grade are you going to give them on that? Training of trainers. That was close, though. Training and, of trainers. And, and by that we mean we train pastors, missionaries, yes. uh, people teach at Christian uh, grade schools and, and colleges. Some of the people we've trained, some of the greatest privileges I've had is to help equip people who, for example, uh, a couple guys, for instance, who uh, were actually Brahmins, the highest caste in the end. Hinduism, and become Christians, and they've been going up in the Himalayas and witnessing to either un, un, underreached or unreached people groups. And just, I think you know what a privilege it is to train any any minister of the gospel, any missionary. But just uh, delightful to me to be able to equip people who are going to parts of the world that that have never heard the gospel. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, so that's why it's it's delightful, and I'm, I'm actually hoping that things work out. I'm actually supposed to be out of the country again this, and back in India this next month. I don't think that's going to happen, but I am hoping that it will come together for Nepal this summer. I'll be mm. taking a trip with some, a number of folks to, uh, to Nepal, and uh, I'm excited about that. So we'll keep people informed. But, yeah, we've been doing this for a while, and just uh, it's just an incredible uh, privilege. I mean, I don't get me wrong, anytime I can share the gospel, but... But there's just something to me about uh, other countries where they've not heard the gospel or they've hardly heard it. And America's been saturated with it, and people are so, <laughs> on the whole, hardened to it. And it's so refreshing to go to places where you see people who've never heard it and they trust in Christ. Wow. It's just incredible. Where it's also illegal to uh, proselytize as well. Well, it's a five-year, if they want to enforce it, it's a five-year jail yep. sentence. Yep. 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 It's automatic five years in jail. Now, one thing, you know, the professor hasn't, uh, he hasn't been away for a couple of years, but it would be nice to have some, uh, some, some of those donations go his way. So when it is time to go, you know, there'll be something there in the kitty for Craig to use I mean, for, for his, uh, for his ministry. Time, yeah, Brian, we were at, I came back, I was actually out in October and, uh, 2019 in India and then December, January, I just had just come back from being in Cambodia and some other countries. So that's yeah, it's been a it's solid been a while. few years yeah. because of well, I've had some family matters. I needed to be home and take care of, and then and then uh, COVID as well. So so I'm hoping again it's about time to get back out there and working with my partners. Hoping we're planning on just there's a visa question for one of my colleagues and to get back out going to, for example to Ethiopia as well uh, Eastern Europe of course that's mm. maybe a little different yeah, now yeah. Uh, but at any rate we've got a lot of things in the work and we'll be back at it so it's minimally appreciate people's prayers yeah, yeah, and like I said and you know Craig just said it we, we definitely want your prayers definitely uh, want your support financially and we want to thank those that do give and that do pray for for this ministry. And Brian, is something a, a man that you both, you and I both love. Your dad used to say, "It's uh, all the little raindrops that makes the storm." And I'll just tell you, folks, since COVID, and you probably have not had the opportunity to travel as much as you would have traveled, but you gained a lot of points on things like your credit card, American Express, and things like that. Those things could be translated if you check with the uh, the card company into dollars to uh, various uh, nonprofits that you want to support. And notwithstanding, this is also can be supported that way. So if you want to support uh, the radio ministry. Uh, the TOT, the various things that's going on, you can actually translate those dollars into uh, all those points into dollars. Just check with your credit card company and do that. We need to use a little bit more wisdom on how we use God's resource that he put us in charge of as stewards. And so I would simply say this, that not only that, Craig, that you have the uh, the TOT, uh, the teaching of uh, uh, the training of trainers, Oh, what is it? Training of trainers, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but you also have something that dealing with my channel. I'm sorry. Hit, you know what I mean? His channel. What's going on with Your that? channel? No, it's not mine. I already have mine. You know, not so easy to talk with yes, easy No, exactly, Joe. Thank you. His channel, uh, air, I host, uh, get to host a program that airs on Wednesdays on yeah. his channel, hischannel.com, Internet TV, really large station, and incredible privilege. And answer questions like this. Uh, from one to two, one to two in the afternoon on Wednesdays on his channel, and people can actually text the number. I'll give the number right now if they want. I, you can text your questions that number, and then we attempt to answer them right on the air. The number is seven one four eight one five 
714-815-7097. You know, we're just trying to equip believers, and just like tonight, equipping them to share the gospel, to know better what we believe and why, and how to share that with, with both believers who are struggling with issues, but also non-Christians. And folks, as you listen to this broadcast that we have here also, Craig, is that the same number that they can text all during the week or send questions by that way, either by um, message or they need to go to his yeah, channel and get that number? 24-7-365, so if they come out with a question at 3 in the morning, and then they can call the number, 714-815-7097, and the question will be there. When I come in, we're ready to go. Very good. To very good, very good. And also, Brian and Craig mentioned something about Wednesday. That's Wednesday during the afternoon. That That's a situation we can do for Craig. But you have something going on Wednesday you mentioned before. We started to broadcast off with a question from your Bible study. Let the people know about that and that they can also check on our website to see the information. But let them know about it right now. Yeah, Wednesday Wednesday evening uh, we have a, um, a Zoom virtual Bible study. And uh, we go over different, just primarily topics. And uh, like last week, we went over, um, you know, the comparison with Mormonism and, and uh, Christians in the Bible. I will not be there this Wednesday. I'll be in Texas. Yeah. And so uh, I'll be gone for about four days. And then, uh, but we'll continue it back the following Wednesday. But they can go to Bible. Um, B-I-B-V-B-S, Bible Info Brokers Virtual Bible Study, B-I-B-V-B-S dot com, and you can get on that way. Well, look, if you don't want to wait until Wednesday and you want to get into the Word, you should be into the Word yourself, but I offer you an opportunity if you go to our Facebook page that I list chronologically, um, not telephonically, but chronologically, the Bible on our Facebook page daily, and it takes about 20 minutes if you take that particular format that I have, which is simply to listen to it as you're reading along, sort of using all the gates that are available. It helps you remember Scripture as well. And it's an exciting way to listen to the Bible. And they got all kind of different uh, audio Bibles out there that you can uh, take and choose your own. But then chronologically, I list the dates and, the, um, and also the, uh, the Scripture. So take an opportunity. Spend 20 minutes with the Lord reading His Word uh, chronologically, if you would, and then just learn how uh, God is just going through history and I'm telling you 20 minutes a day to get you through the whole Bible just think about it if you've never read the Bible completely it gets you through the whole Bible in one year just 20 minutes a day less than a break what do you get a break I forget how many breaks what 15 20 minutes at work you get a break uh, in well, between hours well ask Craig because he has a uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of breaks <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I won't let that long. I'll let you guys work that out. But right now, I'm going to give the number, though. I'm not going to take a break from that. The number to call in is 888. That's a good one, bro. 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. You can call Eric right now. He is not on break. He's ready to receive your phone call now. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, or .com website, Bible Info Brokers. Um, Craig? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on a mandatory. <laughs> no, no, I talked. Look, I talked to yourself, Stuart. Man, I talked to that union guy. Every every 25 minutes, <laughs> 25 and a half minutes. I ain't got it down in seconds. Anyway, well, guys, we I'm, are we are family. We're like brothers. We, yeah, we're, we're like what brothers. A, what a big bully brother Brian was, wasn't he? <laughs> but that was a good one, though. Anyway, let's do this. Let's go to. Um, Let's go to Pasadena. No, actually, let's go. Let's go to Pasadena and talk with Eric right quick. And now, uh, David, I'm gonna get you after Eric. Hopefully, on this side of the break. If not, we will get you on the other side of the break. Let's go to Eric in Pasadena. Eric, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi, I have a question. Yes, sir. Bible says be peaceable with all men, without holding us no one How can we have Lord holding us imputed to us? Okay. So if we don't have holding us, we won't go to heaven. Okay, um, um, Eric, I, I did not hear, hear question. your question clearly, so do me a favor. You don't mind repeating your question? I see it written down that um, uh, Eric has done for you, but won't you repeat your question again for me? Yes, the Bible says, live peaceable with all men. Without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. So if we don't have holiness of God, we won't, see, we won't go to heaven? Oh, I understand what you're saying. Craig, did you, uh, Brian, you catch the question as far as if you don't have holiness... Of God, will you not go to heaven? Craig, I think we need to define some terms here in regards to holiness and things like that. Do you get to heaven by being holy or being redeemed? So, PCH, why don't you take that? Well, sure. Holiness actually has at least two meanings that are related to each other. 
Like first, holy means in some sense totally transcended or completely different. So in that sense, only God is holy in the ultimate sense. Uh, you can see that in Revelation fifteen four through six. Uh, but but holy in the sense of being without sin, to be, to be morally pure, upright, righteous. Yes, but but we do have that because we're given that by Jesus Christ. So the believer. Uh, should be when they do sin, and we do. That's what First John says, and First John chapter one says. In fact, we are liars if we say that we don't sin, uh, that we haven't sinned, or not sinning, even as believers. As we confess our sins, we keep having fellowship with God. We have a relationship, but our fellowship is kept intact. But we've been given the righteousness of Christ. We've been given the holiness of Christ. So. You know, you're quoting Peter, and rightly so, but Peter tells us, for example, in First and Second Peter, that we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness, and that includes holiness. So, yes, without holiness, no one shall see God. But the only one who's holy is God himself, mm-hmm. and those to whom we receive Christ, we call it imputed righteousness. Mm-hmm. He gives to us his righteousness. It's credited. What gives him I? It's accredited, account, accounted, reckoned, imputed to us. Just like someone putting money in your bank account, it's credited to your account. In this case, we're credited righteousness or holiness. But this certainly that's called positional righteousness, positional holiness. But also we want to be about practical holiness, and that is sanctification. Christians shouldn't make excuses for sin. The Christian does not have to sin. We choose to sin, and we can never say the devil made me do it or I couldn't help myself. The Christian can't say that. That's not true. The Christian needs to avail themselves of the Holy Spirit and his power, the full arm of God, and as we walk with the Lord, uh, we will not fall into sin. We will not commit sin, right? For example, Paul said, and make no provision for the flesh. And, and Mary's not talking about your physical body, but your fallen nature. A walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we can be, we can be victorious. I do clearly believe that we should be. Doesn't mean we never sin, but when we sin, we confess it, we ask for forgiveness, and we move on with the Lord. So we, so the believer does have holiness. But yeah, that passage of Peter is absolutely true, mm-hmm. quoting from Leviticus that we need to be holy, for God is holy, and without holiness, no one shall see God. Without Jesus Christ, the Jesus of the Bible, there is no hope for anyone to see God in the sense of that is favorably. Although to see God, all right, in the sense of the ultimate judge, but. To see God and 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 His favor is only found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And just the real, the real, the real short version of that, Craig, is like you said, it's, it's imputed. It's not self holiness or self righteousness that gets us into heaven. So, Eric, I want to be ex, extra extra clear on that. And I really appreciate your phone call, brother. Excellent question, Eric. Excellent, excellent question. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. We have about four or five minutes left to the top of the hour break. So let's go to David in the city of Westwood. David from Westwood, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yeah, my question is about uh, John 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But how do you know that that's Jesus Christ? You're, you're, you're putting that in there. You're assuming that. It doesn't say it. Well, if you if you look, uh, well, for one, we know that um, it's not one person. But if you read what it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, he was in the beginning with God, and all things, verse 3, came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing. But if you go down to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and he behind he beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, that person, okay, that word, okay, Lagos, became flesh. Okay, and that is the Lagos that they're talking about in John one one, and that's how we know that is Jesus. Oh, okay, because um, yeah, go to verse. I, I, Go to verse 14, and it'll tell you that the Logos, the word that they're talking about in verse 1, became flesh, and that was Jesus Christ. Just such a serious point, David. It's an excellent question that, you know, um, oh. and, and that's the idea about 
reading that uh, scripture in context because we don't want to just apply something and just throw it in there because it's convenient or that's what we believe. But let the word of God be true and everything else, every other man a lie. So that that thirteen that fourteen verse really spells it out. You got that, David? Yeah. Yeah. Does does the word there is that is that uh, is that a, a God? Does that mean God in uh, the Greek or uh, or uh, the word? You know, word does not necessarily mean. Um, well, it's it's the it's, it's the logos. They're talking about Jesus, and then in the latter part of verse one, it says, "And the logos was God." Okay, because I just went, we just went over in the, had in the Bible study, and it just came up. Oh, it's just no curious. problem. <laughs> no, those are great questions, David. So here's the Greek text. I mean, you say, I don't know, but let me read it to you. And arche and a logos. So you're right. Logos does, means word, reason, rationality. There were still, there were Greek philosophers who believed it was a divine principle, but the Bible has a very specific use of this. And arche and a logos, in the beginning was the word, logos, and prostanteion, and the word was with God. And, now here's what Brian was saying in Greek, kaiteos and halagos. So, and the word was God. And and let me tell you how we know this, because in Greek, according to... What happens is if you have two words that have the same... They're from the same family in the same case, how do you know which one's the subject and which one's what's called the predicate nominative? Is logos the subject or is theos? Well, we know because the definite article has is one of the Greek word logos, transliterated L-O-G-O-S, that logos is the subject, and it tells us who is the logos. He, he is God. His attribute is God. So Brian was really right on the money in, in mentioning this, as Daryl was, in going to verse 14. So it's a great question you have here, but we're not just assuming the context, context, right. context dictates meaning. Yeah. So the word logos can mean just reason or argument or speech or presentation, right? Uh, but here the logos is used to personify Jesus Christ, which is what? The written word, the word, the revealed word of God, as we're also told in Hebrews chapter 1. So your questions are great, but I hope this helps show you that we're not just assuming. We have to assume, because I'd say, well, who else made creation? Who else became, you know, human mm -hmm. in verse 14 and then verse 18 and that as well? And that's Jesus Christ. You know, I'll just give you this for free, um, uh, David. I know you didn't ask for it. But I won't, we won't even charge you for it. You don't have to add to your donation or anything else like that. But what the Jehovah Witness does, if you look at the first verse, it's just the idea we were talking about context. One letter changed the whole context of the way Jehovah Witness deals with uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. If I say that to you like that, and the Word was a God, you can see how that one letter changes the whole context of that particular verse and messes up everything else by the Word being a God. And so we've got to be very, yeah, very careful. I don't I, uh, in in Hebrew. I don't believe that there are there are prepositions. Are there, uh, Professor? Because, uh, but there may be in Greek. Well, there clearly are in Greek. Hebrew is a much more uh, has a much more economy of letters and words. Again, even in early Hebrew, um, now there's vowels because you couldn't pronounce it without vowels, but mm -hmm. there were no written vowels. And so, so yeah, Hebrew is different than Greek, but here we have the words used, pros, and, uh, and other prepositions are used to tell us Jesus is with him. So let me just say this a little differently. Um, here's the beauty of this passage. If it, if it said Jesus was, was God simply, purely, or the God, it would teach there's no, the Father's not God and the Holy Spirit's not God. But then on the other hand, it doesn't say he's a God, because we're not polytheists. He's not one of many gods, so, and it's, we're not modalists. So this passage in Greek, particularly John 1, 1 through 3, perfectly, uh, what's the word I want, negotiates just like a ship going through a channel where there's rocks and shoals and things to avoid so it doesn't get hit it and sink. It perfectly avoids polytheism, it avo and it avoids modalism, saying that there's not only one God but one person. So Jesus is indeed God the Son, second person of the Holy Trinity, and this text in Greek is written pristinely to make that point. He's divine, but he's not the Father, he's not the Holy Spirit. We're neither polytheists nor what are called modalists. 
Modalists is the Father becomes Jesus, Jesus becomes the Holy Spirit. And for some modalists, the Holy Spirit becomes the Church, and we're divinitized. So this passage is just written beautifully. In fact, when people argue with me who know even a little Greek, I say, well, then tell me, how would you write this better? Show me in Greek how to write this that would be better than how it's said. And they can't. Indeed. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you probably heard that argument before. I just wanted to bring it up. Really yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. that. We, yeah. get, we love it. Yeah, yeah. Come and drop well, down. You. Break. you hear that music in the background? We're going to have to thank let you, you go there, David. Appreciate your phone call. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number to call in. Eric, right now, everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers to join in with questions. We want to give you the biblical response. We'll take a quick break and be back after these messages with more of the Bible Information Brokers and the whole team.